0: what's up guys welcome to the man solution podcast i'm your host anthony miranda aka man of men on this podcast we discuss various topics related to self-improvement breaking bad habits uh, breaking bad thought patterns and, and essentially overcoming generational curses so if if you're a man that's struggling to become the best version of themselves then this podcast is for you now we i really appreciate all the support you guys have given thus far um so don't forget like comment subscribe if if you find value from what you're hearing here uh, please share it with a friend share it with the family member share it with someone who you think would value or would find value from the things that you know we're talking about here as well so let's dive into it today's a good one um Today, we are diving into really, you know, what it truly means to be healthy. So first, we'll cover the five different segments of health. We'll talk about what's important to each segment individually and why you must focus on all of them if, if you truly plan on becoming the best version of yourself. So let's start at the top. Now, I know when you hear the word health, you know, everyone thinks of something different when they hear that word. Someone thinks of diet, someone thinks of physical fitness or their level of physical fitness, someone thinks of whether they have a disease or not, right? There's different um, connotations with how people uh, think of that word when they hear it. Now. You know, what, what I see is if you truly plan on being healthy, there's different pillars or segments of health that all need to be taken care of in order for you to truly be optimized, in order for your health to be at its peak. And there's five of them from what I see. There's physical health. There's mental health. There's emotional health. Spiritual health, and then social health, so again, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social. So what I plan to do is break all these down um, and and really explain what some of the differences are, what some of the benefits are in terms of taking care of this pillar, um, how it relates to your life, how it relates to progression um And the goal here is really to motivate you all to to care more about these individual aspects of your life, these individual perspectives. Um, So let's start with physical. Now, when I think of physical health, I think of it, it referring to your ability to effectively regulate the function of your body and vital organs. So the ability. To effectively regulate the function of your body and vital organs. There's a quote by Kenneth Cooper, Dr. Kenneth Cooper that I love, and it reads, we do not stop exercising because we grow old. We grow old because we stop exercising. Right now, I know you hear this a lot. Um, Some of you already are. If you're my age, you're probably already saying that to yourself. Not that I'm old. Um. But it just shows you how early people give up on their physical health. You hear them say things like, oh, you know, I used to, yeah, I used to work out. I used to be in the gym. I used to do this back in the day, but I'm older now. You know, my body can't handle that stuff. Yeah, my body, my back, my knees. Yeah, I can't do that kind of stuff anymore. That was back when I was younger. It's like, really? Is that why you can't or are you just making excuses for yourself? Because I'm sure if you got back on the train and started actually uh, prioritizing your physical health, a lot of those pains, aches, and ailments would go away or they'd at least minimize, right? Now, if, if you're anything like the average American, you probably spend most of your day sitting down. You may, you know, take a short walk every now and then to your car or <laughs> your fridge, um, you know, but it's really the sedentary lifestyles That is such a a huge contributor um, to increasing your risk of health conditions like type two diabetes, uh, heart disease, you know, essentially just diabetes overall. And, you know, I think what we see is we also witness a lot of people sacrificing their health today to work excruciatingly hard to accumulate wealth. Just to end up having to use all that wealth to pay for medical expenses later on in life, right? So it, it's like they traded it off. It's like, hey, I, I, I ate like shit now. I didn't sleep well now. I didn't exercise now because I was so focused on accumulating wealth and building something. But now, you know, a few decades down the road, my health is shit. And now I'm trying to, um, you know, essentially get years of my life back and I'm having to use all the wealth that I've created to pay for all these bills, and now, yes, okay, I, I may be wealthy and I may have more time freedom, but now I'm sick. now my body's just broken and debilitated, so I can't even use it in the in the way that I'd like to, right, so now the the quality of your life is poor due to your negligence, and you see, that is one big thing that we don't talk about is the quality of your life the quality of your life now i know i told you all a story um a few episodes back and for those of, for those of you who didn't hear um i'll, I'll kind of condense it but i was i was selling life insurance you know a, a few years back and i go to this lady's house to you know for an appointment um and I hope, I open, you know, she opens a door, but she's not like in the doorway. So she's like, come in, and I come in the door, and I'm like, what's going on? I came and see this lady where she at. I look, I look that way, and she's there in a wheelchair. Her legs are amputated from the knee down. Um, the reason being is because she had di- diabetic neuropathy um due to diabetes. So basically the circulation from her legs just cut off and um i'm probably not explaining that the best way so (laughs) look up exactly how that affects your legs if you want to know more um i'm not a doctor um but basically this condition caused her to lose her legs or you know some half of them so now she's in a wheelchair um government housing and her family just essentially gave up on her because she was a liability and she wouldn't change her her eating habits her 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 lifestyle. So because she was so engulfed in the now and what's going to please me now, what she did was she traded off the the future, the, the quality of her life in the future for the satisfaction in the current moment. She made a trade. She bartered. And she said, I'll give you my health now and i'll give you my health later if you give me this great delicious food that i know is not good for me and and you give me this this easy lifestyle that doesn't um doesn't consist of me exercising and being healthy and moving my body like it was designed to do so you know that's that story it's it's really uh it's really it's sad but it's it's so realistic because I'm sure some of you have family members like that. You know, I'm sure maybe maybe those people were your parents or your grandparents. Um, and it, it's sad to see someone who you love so much, like just watch their life wither away. It's very sad to see and then to know as well that it was due to their choices but it's also enlightening because you realize wow if if their choices led them to this place then that tells me that I should be more cognizant of the choices that I make because I can end up there too i'm not special right it's it's input output you make a decision you you reap some sort of benefit um or or consequence it, it's it's input output um so if we're not prioritizing our health in a physical way Well, then we just ensure that the quality of life may be poor down the road. Um, You know, they say health, health is wealth, right? Um, They think it's just important to essentially just you should just be moving your body, (laughs) just to to, to simplify things. Move your body. I I I work out six times a week. Sometimes I work out on Sundays just as like an active recovery day, Um, but it's. I, it, it's it's a clear difference like if i if i do not work out my energy is different my motivation is different i just feel um i just feel different I'm, i I can tell that i am not in the optimal state of living because i did not exercise today i did not move my body um so there, there's reasons why as well obviously just not quality of life and not dealing with that depressing story i just told um, but I'll go over 10, ten reasons why you, you'd want to start exercising. One, it improves your memory and brain function. Two, it protects against many chronic diseases. Three, aids in weight management, obviously. Four, lowers blood pressure, improves heart health. Five, improves your quality of sleep. Six, reduces feelings of anxiety and depression. Seven, combat cancer related fatigue. Eight, improve joint pain and stiffness. Nine, maintain muscle strength and balance. And 10, increases your lifespan. Right? So essentially, all those things were, uh, relate to a higher quality of life. So the time you're spending on this earth is spent. Um, better, frankly, (laughs) just not in pain, not, not suffering, not in turmoil. Right. So we move on to, um, mental health. Now the way I see mental health is it refers to, uh, mental health refers to your ability to effectively regulate your thoughts, beliefs, and ideas, thoughts, beliefs, and ideas, the things you think, the things that you believe, the ideas that you come up with are what create your reality right it, your mind is uh essentially um it's a it's somewhat of a portal in a sense and and you do have control over your reality if you understand that you have control over the thoughts over the ideas and the beliefs that you hold to be true. Um, it's, your world is, is, is literally a, a physical manifestation of the things that go on in your mind. Um, so if we do not have a control. If we do not have control over that, over our mind. Well, I think it's pretty clear as to what the outcome is there. Now when we look at some numbers, one in five American adults will have a diagnosable mental health condition in, in, in any given year. 50% of Americans will meet the criteria for a diagnosable mental health condition sometime in their life. And half of those people will develop conditions by the age of 14, right? And broken homes and, and social media being some of the biggest factors for that. <clears throat> Suicide is the third leading cause of death for youth aged 10 to 24, and every 2 hours and 11 minutes a person under the age of 25 dies by suicide so that's 10 people every day um i don't think i need to go on any further there i think i've made my point um you know growing up in, in chicago i didn't i didn't necessarily grow up in the safest neighborhoods but what i understand now is that the scariest place to be is in your own head um because that's It's, if you allow the negative thoughts, ideas, and beliefs to take control of you, then that is, it kills your faith. It kills your faith for a better life. It almost paralyzes you. It cripples you from not only taking action, but believing that the action that you take is actually going to produce a positive result in your life. And, And that's what the devil, that's what the the devil does. The devil, I love this book called um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Um, It's basically an an interview with the devil. Um, I highly recommend you all check it out. You can find it on YouTube for free, audiobook. Um, And basically Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil and asking him, like, how he has so much power. Like, how do you control so many people? And he's saying, well, you know, it's easy. I implant fear um, and and negative thoughts into people's minds to make them scared of taking action and wanting to do something better for themselves. Um, I make them, you know, uh, make, I put the thoughts in their mind so that way they can make bad decisions and then become unhealthy because then when you're unhealthy, now you're debilitated, you're more vulnerable. So now I can take control of you and it's easier for you to sin now that you're healthy, you're unhealthy and you're broke and you're scared. um so you know it's important that that we understand as men that our mind is the vessel to creating a better life for ourselves and 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 everyone else around us. um and if we're not cognizant of the things that we're thinking, then we're only ensuring that what we create in this world is not only negative um but we're increasing the odds that we create destruction instead of uh, order and love um, and respect and safety and security like like we should be doing um and i think you know obviously today it's it's pretty obvious we have a uh, a mental health epidemic um inside of I would of course, globally, but let's just keep it in the United States for now um, there's a mental health epidemic, especially with our young boys um they they do not they do not have the resources they do not have the environment they do not have the guidance to to ensure that they grow up in a mentally healthy way, and are able to establish control over their mind. And this is one of the biggest impacts of fatherless homes, is that for a young boy, it's usually the father who is able to help the young boy take control over his emotions, take control over his temper, and his anger, and his, aggr- his, his aggression, and, and teach that young boy how to harness it and do good with it, rather than create destruction um, and, and violence and hurt innocent people. And that's what we have today. We have young boys who are who have not been taught how to effectively regulate their thoughts, beliefs, and ideas. And because of that, what we're seeing is a lot of uh, crime, murder, uh, and just really horrific Tragic things that are happening with inside of our culture, and a lot of it can be mitigated. It can be mitigated if we catch it early. We have to catch these boys as a, at a young age and 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 teach them and lead them in in the right direction. but it really comes down to the home. It really comes down to the home because that's where everything starts that's where everything starts so if us as parents if we do not care about our mental health and if we do not care about effectively regulating our thoughts beliefs and ideas then how can we expect to create a home where our children can understand that they are supposed to effectively regulate their thoughts beliefs and ideas right it's up to, it's up to the parents um and like it, it's obviously there's some there's some sort of uh there's almost like a countering force that wants, and it's funny enough, it's actually inside of our mental health institutions, um, like psychologists, uh, therapists, psychoanalysts, and um, it almost seems these systems are corrupt. And they, they want to coddle these young boys and almost in some sense just... Drug them up and not actually deal with the root issue when they are seeking for help. And it almost seems as if they're validating their negative thoughts, beliefs, and ideas in an effort to be inclusive and understanding. And I think it's that radical inclusivity that is that really stems from the the feminine nature of our society. It's that that is being destructive to young boys. Boys do not need more understanding. They need to be taught that they're powerful and that because of that, great power comes with great responsibility, right? Not to use a corny line from a movie, but it's true. That's what boys need to understand. Not that they're loved no matter what they do. That's what girls need. Boys need to understand that they are powerful, they are strong, and they are respected for the good good things that they do. And because of that, there's a lot of pressure that is going to be on you as a young boy to behave in a certain way. And you need to understand that if you do not behave in a certain way, you can create Immense, immense chaos and destruction. And because boys are not being told that they're powerful, they feel the need to go prove it to themselves and everyone else in ways like a school shooting. That's why that, that's, a, that's one of the key issues, I believe. That that causes someone to do that, and I'm yes, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse that behavior. I believe if you, um, if you do anything to innocently, innocently harm other people, especially children, the way I see things, you were granted, all of us were granted life. We, we were blessed with the opportunity to live. We were blessed. All of us are, are blessed to be here. If you're listening to this, some of you may be going through really tough times. In my opinion, you're still blessed. Um, and I I feel that if if you've been blessed with life and then you still choose to use that life that you've been blessed with to steal someone else's life away from them. I, I don't think you deserve yours anymore. Especially if it's children. Especially if it's children. That um, It doesn't get worse than that, in my opinion. Um, and that's just how I see things. You don't have to agree. But that's how I see things. So, of course, we have to come to terms with the fact that a lot of this is happening due to mental health issues. Right? So we must talk about this kind of stuff. We must continue to educate the communities on the importance of best practices to improve your health. Right? So some some ways to improve your mental health is uh, exercise, by far. By prioritizing brain health, understand that all illness comes from inflammation and it just shows up in different ways. So understand that your brain can also be inflamed based on the things that you eat, based on the things that you drink. Um, If you're doing drugs or smoking, it all affects your your brain health. And what I'm talking about is the physical brain matter that takes up the space of your cranium, your head. If that matter is inflamed, well, that affects your mind. It affects your thought processes. Um, when you look at football players, for example, or fighters who have CTE, their brain health is, is bad. Their brain is physically damaged. And because it is physically damaged, they now have mental health conditions. Um, so. The the physical aspects of their brain are not firing in the right way, to be in coordination with an optimized mindset. Now we also have to prioritize our gut health. Understand that your, um, you know, a lot of people say your gut is your second brain. Um, your gut plays a huge part in the quality of your mind. If you don't believe me, just go eat something shitty. You're gonna lack focus. You're gonna lack clarity you're going to lack motivation and drive. You're going to feel very groggy, defeated, sloppy. Why? Because you put disgusting toxic things inside of your body, inside of your gut, and it's manifesting inside of your brain as inflammation, inside of your gut as inflammation, therefore decreasing um the quality of your mental fac- faculties. So um also If you don't believe me, try fasting. Don't eat for 48 hours. Just drink water and use electrolytes to stay hydrated. Do that for 48 hours. I promise you, once the hunger pains go away, you will be the most focused as you've ever been in your entire life. Why? Because we've removed the stimulus. We've removed food from our diet and we've let our gut heal. Now it's at peace, right? It's at peace. Now I can focus. I'm not disturbed by food that I now have to digest. Um, that's a huge part of it. Sleep. Sleep is a, also a huge part of it. I'm most likely going to do an episode solely on sleep here soon. Uh, journaling. right? Being able to write out your thoughts is so beneficial because before writing them down, they're just in our head. They're in our head, swirling around, and we really have no control over them. There's no logical consistency of our thoughts. It's really sporadic and messy. So it's not until that we actually put them on paper and organize them that we can now organize them in the world, right? We need to physically manifest our thoughts, put them down on paper. So now we've essentially cleaned out our mind. It's not messy. Meditation. Of course, that's important too um same thing being able to clear your mind being able to focus and ground yourself spending time with loved ones um refraining from drugs and alcohol uh do something you're passionate about and also one of the biggest things is practicing uh, love compassion and forgiveness with yourself i think that's one of the the critical aspects here Because if you cannot practice uh, loving and and being compassionate and being forgiving to you, then you're not going to be able to do that to someone else, especially someone else who may have, they may have harmed you in the past, right? There may be some resentment there. So um, yeah, again, another, another, another huge pillar. Um so next let's dive into emotional health. Now emotional health refers to our ability to effectively manage positive and negative emotions. Now understand with emotions that just because you feel it doesn't make it true. Right? Emotions are energy in motion. So oftentimes we feel something and we let that feeling lead our decision making. Our emotion then becomes our mood. And that, of course, dictates the kind of day that we're going to have. But it takes discernment to decipher whether or not the feeling you're having is a true representation of what's occurring or if it's a trigger from past trauma. You know, when it comes to emotions, we must learn to stop. Just take a, a brief pause. And and tune into your body. Tune into how you're feeling. And this is where self-awareness comes into play. And we need to question ourselves. Ask ourselves, what am I feeling? When did I first notice this feeling? What do I feel is the primary cause of this feeling? What are possible secondary causes? Am I tired? Am I stressed? Could that be contributing to why I feel this way, hmm, how should I respond to this feeling? Should I just wait for this to pass? And I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, if you walk through that process, what you're going to realize is that you were, whatever emotion you're feeling, let's say you're angry about something that someone said, I'm pretty sure if you walk through that process, you can then realize that maybe you're tripping. Maybe they didn't intentionally try to insult you. Maybe you're just triggered because of something that happened to you in the past and I'm overreacting. And trust me, as someone that used to be very overreactive, very angry with a very short temper, um, I'm speaking from experience here. I'm speaking from experience. Um, When you spend your childhood... in In an environment that doesn't foster a good strong self esteem you end up insecure so now, because you're insecure with yourself and who you are it's very easily it's very easy to get offended by someone that by by someone just saying anything and and they may not be trying to intentionally insult you um even if they are the question becomes. What benefit is there in me getting insulted and acting out irrationally? What's the benefit there? Neither of us benefit from me behaving or reacting in that way. So why why should I do it? Why would I do that? Why would I lash out because my feelings are hurt? Right? And what if I lash out because my feelings are hurt? And then I go through this questioning process and I realize that man, it wasn't even accurate. What I was feeling wasn't even necessarily true. I was just tripping. I was I was overreacting. Right? Now, understand that I, I'm not saying to ignore or suppress your emotions. That's definitely not the solution. Um I I know that's That's a huge message in like the the red pill manosphere movement, where you know, just like be logical, not emotional. And I I get it. I used to say the same thing, Uh, but the reality is is that we make decisions out of emotion. In fact, when you look at people who have some sort of brain damage, and the the areas in their brain that help them feel emotion is damaged, they have an impossible task now of making decisions, even something as simple as what shoe they're going to put on first. They can't do it. They can't do it. Even though there may be a logical reason as to why they put their right shoe on first before they put their left shoe on, because the emotional faculties inside their brain are damaged, they are incapable of making a decision. So even when we're, let's say we're offered some orange juice or cranberry juice, I may think I'm logically choosing one or the other, but really what I'm choosing is the the emotional state of me drinking either one of those options in the past—that's what I'm choosing. Um, I, I, I just I make decisions with logic. I mean, I make decisions emotionally, and then I rationalize them with logic. That's what happens. Um, so uh, emotions are a part of you. Emotions are a huge aspect of what makes us human. And it's a man who is void of emotion or incapable of acknowledging his emotions or expressing his emotions. That man is broken. That man is wounded. He's scared. He's scared of being hurt again. And I know we have a lot of men out there like that. And if you're looking to be a complete man and really solve yourself and get out of your own way, then it's imperative that you work on the emotional faculties of your psyche and you ensure that you're capable of not only showing love, showing emotion, but also ensuring that you are able to accept whatever it is that you're feeling without reacting irrationally. That's the key. You can feel what you're feeling. That's normal. But the question becomes, what are you going to do after? If you react irrationally after, well, then you fail. You failed. Right? So it's about the action after. It's about being able to, again, effectively manage those positive and negative emotions. So it's the management of them. That's where the key is. Right? So let's move on to spiritual health. Now, our spiritual health refers to our ability to effectively organize your values, meaning, and purpose of your life. Let's talk about the definition of spirit. Now, one definition is the non-physical part of a person, which is the seat of emotions and character, i.e. the soul. Another definition is those qualities Regarded as forming the definitive or typical elements in the character of a person, nation, or group, or in the thought and attitudes of a particular period. Spirituality for me really comes down to three things. Your beliefs, your values, and your faith. You know, we spend a large amount of time just doing our day-to-day lives, kind of stuck in the hustle. And and really, this, this leads you to living someone else's life sometimes. But very little do we stop to think and ask a simple question. Why? Why are we here? Why is this important? Why should I do X versus Y? Why is this the best option? Now, These questions may help you find a belief system, but we have to understand that spirituality is not necessarily synonymous with religion. Religion is merely a a vehicle that's used on that journey. Now, you can believe whatever you choose, so long as your set of belief is not done out of hate and doesn't move you farther down the levels of consciousness. We'll have an episode on that soon as well. So, you know, we must question what our belief system values, right? Um, just talked about that. Is it, is it love? Family? Uh, is, do we value nature? Do we value success? Uh, loyalty? You know, whatever it is, you must figure that out. You must figure out what values your belief system holds as truth. Then you must put faith in the belief that the things that you value will guide you into a direction that not only elevates you, but brings you closer to love, oneness, and divinity. Without this understanding of, of spiritual awareness, it's easy to fall into the trap of, of cynicism, nihilism, just believing that the future's bleak. And that people are only concerned with themselves. So why even try anything at all? Understand if you do that, then your values then become victimization of self. Your value becomes disinterest and envy. And I'm sure we can understand why having that set of values isn't conducive to a life that's beneficial for you and everyone else around you. Because again, going back to mental health, being able to organize the thoughts inside of our mind is going to allow us to create a more positive or negative reality for us. So if we're choosing to value these negative things out of having a scarce and cynical mindset, well, then that's the world that we create around ourselves. Right. So um, some ways to improve your your spiritual health. Right. Spending time with yourself in nature. We spend so much time um, with technology, with our cell phones, with our TVs, and we don't spend enough time alone with nature. Nature's healing. If you don't believe me, just go go sit in the grass, (laughs) sit in the grass surrounded by some trees and listen to the birds chirping and just do that for like, 10-15 minutes. No phone. Don't check your notifications. And I promise you will walk away from that feeling refreshed and renewed. It's almost like a shower on your soul. Another thing is being able to ask deeper questions. Why is such a powerful question? Why? Why is such a powerful question? And I know if those of you who have children, you know how powerful it is because it probably pisses you off more than anything. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, when we grow up, we lose that curiosity that our children had to have and that we had, we lose that curiosity. And that's where a lot of the power comes from. That's where the ability to actually understand the world comes from is that childlike curiosity. So being able to go back to that and ask why more often is going to give us more power to dig deeper into the understandings of the world. Um, the traveling. As well, traveling. I know I'm from Chicago, and I know a lot of people from Chicago have never left Chicago. They never want to leave Chicago. They think Chicago is the best place in the world. And God, (laughs) Um, which is a wild fucking thought. Um, But it's just due to ignorance. It's due to not knowing. Um, And it's also due to scarcity, too. You know, you don't want to think of possibly leaving everything that you know to start something else, but it's through that journey that gives you perspective on life, right? Otherwise, your perspective is limited to just what you know and what you've been through. And you can only experience so many things because you can only be in so many places at one time and you can only have, you only have a certain amount of time on this earth. So if you spend it in the same location, well, you're limiting yourself, right? Um of course meditation is huge as well practicing forgiveness patience and gratitude learning to love yourself um and it also helped to find a spiritual community whether that be a church or some group um being able to connect with others who are on the same journey as you is going to be crucial in your growth as well and also it's going to be crucial in others holding you accountable to that growth and that journey that you set out, uh, set out on, set have set out on. Excuse me. Um, also, I like this one a lot. Being open to new experiences. That's almost a gift. To to be open to new experiences. Be open to trying something you've never done. Be be open to going somewhere you've never been. Be open to Hanging out with a group of friends that you've never really hung out with much. Be, be open to getting out of your element. And it's by being open to those new experiences that it allows you to grow. There's growth in those new experiences. Because, again, it's just like the, the traveling situation. If all you know is what you've been through, all you know is what you've experienced, well, you're limited. Try something new. That new experience is going to teach you things that you didn't know you could learn. Right? Um, And uh, a huge one here. Be aware of your karma. Karma is real. Karma is real. And, you know, what we don't talk about a lot is the spiritual debt that, that weighs down your soul. There's, there's a certain spiritual debt that you accumulate from your bad decisions. And you don't really know what's there until you stop making your bad decisions and you start making good ones. And you're on the journey of renewing yourself <clears throat> and rebuilding who you are. And there comes a point where you probably have spent some time rebuilding new habits and changing the people you hang around with and cutting off bad habits. And maybe you stop partying and you're reading books now. Maybe you have a new job. Um, you're going to church. Maybe you're in a new relationship, whatever it is. And you're consciously and intentionally making better decisions because you now understand karma and you now believe in karma. And better things are happening to you because of it, but you still feel like shit. You feel guilt. You feel this, this disappointment in yourself, in your past self. And you feel it's like grief. It's grief for all the years that you've spent. Living out bad karma. You you grieve for those years and what could have been if you were making better decisions. No one really talks about that. No one really talks about that. And, and what I wish, going back to, I don't know, five, six years ago, is that if I would have understood, like, I asked myself, like, what? What would my life look like today if I understood what I knew now, back then, and I was living out good karma from the moment of understanding? It's that that messes a lot of people up, and sometimes it makes people quit or or essentially relapse and give up on themselves because they... They do, it's it's almost like an imposter, a form of imposter syndrome too, because it's like, well, I'm I'm behaving differently, but that's not how I feel. Like my soul knows that the 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 pain that I put myself and others through, my pain, my my soul feels it. My spirit is is bruised, it's tarnished, and that takes healing. That takes healing. But again, this is why it's important to be aware of this kind of stuff, because then we can effectively organize what we value, right? We can ensure that we're living a meaning, a meaning and a purposeful life. So last pillar here is social health. Now, this refers to your ability to effectively manage positive and negative relationships, as well as the level in which you positively or negatively impact society. You know, there's this quote um, from JFK, it reads, One person can make a difference and everyone should try. I have a question for you. How do you show up? Think about that. How do you show up in society? Do you contribute positively or do you only drain resources? The answer might sting. And, and that's okay because change requires acknowledgement. We must first acknowledge that we're all part of this grand orchestra called life. We play a part no matter how small. So I'm going to ask you again, how do you show up? If we, if we truly want to contribute to the greater good, then we must surround ourselves with like-minded individuals who love us and call us to our higher selves. Now, we hear this a lot of like, I say this a lot too, like you are, you are who you surround yourself with, right? You hang around four broke people, you're the fifth. You hang around four rich people, you're the fifth. You know, so while it's true that you are who you surround yourself with, it's also true that you surround yourself with who you are. So if you're some, if you're a victim who wants to make excuses for why they are the way they are and just, you know, fall victim to their bad habits and their vices, well, you're going to surround yourself with people like that because you understand that those people are not going to hold you accountable to the higher standard. They're not going to hold you accountable to a better version of yourself. They do not care. They value what you value which is vice. Right. So it goes both ways. So understand it's there, there's an aspect of your environment, creating who you are, but there's also an aspect of accountability as well. And understanding that if you put yourself around these kind of people, well, you're doing it for a reason, most likely you're doing it because they probably make you feel safe even though you may be safe under a delusion of reality that delusion can make you feel safe as well so it's under, understanding that we need to ensure we're prioritizing these relationships in the right way um and and managing that managing them effectively uh you know furthermore it, i think it's important to Once you find what ignites you and you put like your faith and, and passion behind it, it's important to make that change with other individuals who you've chosen to surround yourself with. It's, it's that community of like-mindedness. That's where a lot of the power comes from. Having people who have your back and you have theirs and you're both working towards a greater good. You're both progressing. You're both in somewhat of alignment, right? doesn't need to be exact, but both of you are headed in in very similar directions in life. And that direction is up. That direction is elevation. That direction is growth, positive advancement, not destruction, not vice, not victimhood, right? Um, There's power in being able to surround yourself with people like that. You know, when we look at, um. Uh, uh, when we look at some people who suffer from mental health uh, disorders, conditions, whatever you want to call it, one of the biggest common denominators is a sense of feeling alone. Or like no one understands them. They have no one to go to. And I think that just shows how powerful having positive connections with other people in your life are. It contributes to your overall well-being by having good people in your life who are doing good things. Um... Now, if if I were to if I were to tie these all together, you know, and and here's why I think it's important to tie these all together, because I get a lot of questions like, bro, like what what did you do to to get to where you're at? Like what's the one thing I can work on right now, like right right now? Like what's the most important thing? What, you know, to, to, to to change. And the answer is everything. Everything that you're not doing right now. That you know you should be doing. It's everything. It wasn't just the gym. That's part of it. It wasn't just reading books. That's part of it. It wasn't just uh, therapy. That's part of it. It wasn't just eating better. That's part of it. Understand. These five segments of health create synergy. And if you're just focusing on one of these individual pillars, you're incomplete. You're incomplete. And one of the best definitions I've heard of what it means to be a man is this. A man needs to be anything and everything he needs to be at every moment. A man needs to be anything and everything he needs to be at every moment. Because that's what being a man is about. It's about capacity. Do you have the capacity to show up like I need you to show up when I need you to do so? That's what it means to be a man. So if you're just hitting the gym, but you still think like a victim... still eating like shit well you're missing something here if you're just spending your days uh meditating completely secluded from everyone around you who needs your support and your love and your safety well you're missing something here you're incomplete there there needs these pieces need to come together in order for you to truly optimize who you are as a man. Now, if we think of this. Think of this as a plane. If, if I were to segment these different pillars out into a plane. The, the cabin with the people would most likely be social health, right? That's where the people go. The wings would be mental and emotional health. That's what keeps you stable. Physical health would be the engines. That's what gets you going. And. Spiritual health would be. Both the wheels and the cockpit. Because that's what keeps you grounded. And that's what guides you. And. Understanding that if if we put these different pieces together, that's how we truly take flight. That's how we truly progress. And understand if we're missing just one of those pieces, that's a completely different aircraft, right? (laughs) Or or it's not one, (laughs) right? If we're missing just one piece, things can get really bad really fast. So understand as a man, if if you're just missing just one piece, if you're missing one segment, think of how much growth you're missing out on. Think of how much progress you're leaving on the table. Think of how much more capable you can become if you were to work on all these different segments in their own individual manner and create that synergy with inside of yourself. Imagine who you could be. Imagine life you could create for yourself that That is what's being left on the table here um, now it's it's not easy you know it's It's not easy, but it's something that needs to be done. It's something that needs to be done for you. If you care about progressing, if you care about growth, if you care about being everything you need to be at every moment, then these are the, the, at the segments of your life that you need to work on. And you can't ignore, you can't ignore one of them individually. You can't, it makes you vulnerable. It's a, uh, it's a blind spot for you. Right. So so that's all I have for today. We covered the five different segments of health: physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social. We talked about what's important about each individually, and we also talked on uh, talked about why you must focus on all different segments if you plan on becoming the best version of yourself. So if you enjoyed the podcast today, Please like, comment, subscribe. Tell me some ways that you're working on these individual segments of your health. Um, share some ideas with me. Tell me what's working. Um, you know, be, be, there's an opportunity too to just be transparent and be open. Be a bit vulnerable. I want to hear what you guys are missing out on. See if I can help. Which one of these segments are you lacking? And if you are, hit me up. We'll chat. You know, we'll talk about how we can help get you optimized in those different areas. But that's all I have for today. Hope you guys enjoyed. See you on the next one. Peace.